0: You are listening to the next best picture podcast, and this is Dan Baer's interview with the director for Lux Eterna, Gaspar Noé.
1: Action
2: Hey, what's what's that photo behind you? Uh it's climax. You're you're of book. There's a blue screen behind you, or.
3: I can't <laughs> yeah, it's a virtual background. It's in Zoom. I had to have some representation of one of my favorite movies. So,
2: yeah. <laughs> two weeks ago, I went to introduce a movie uh, in a French cinema, and, and uh, I wanted to see the first two minutes to see the sound Devil, And I, uh, I was standing in the back of the cinema, and I watched the whole movie. <laughs> I didn't expect it to be like, it was up for 90 minutes and I really enjoyed
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> it is one of those things where it's very hypnotic. It's hard to break yourself away from it once it starts. Yeah. No, I, I used to be a dancer and choreographer, so I have a very special fondness for especially how you shot dance in Climax. It was like I've never seen it before and I really appreciated that. Welcome, everyone, to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are talking with the director, Gaspar Noé. His most recent film, Lex Eterna, is coming out soon. And it's actually not his most recent film. It actually premiered at the 2019 Cannes Film Festival and is finally seeing release now. Uh, Gaspar, it's fantastic to talk with
2: you. Where are you these days? I'm in a movie festival in Spain. I just. Ah, Wonderful. I was traveling all over Europe for for the other movie. I just. um, I'm releasing the Not Lux Eterna Vortex. Mm -hmm. That's a bit the opposite of Lux Eterna. Uh, Yes, very.
3: (laughs) Um, So so Lux Eterna, uh, which began life as a short for Saint Laurent, which is has to be after seeing the film is one of the strangest producing credits i think i've ever seen um but inspired in a way how did you get from that initial brief of making a short film for saint laurent to what luxe eterna ended up becoming
2: uh, i was very lucky to uh, to get this proposal from Anthony Vacarillo who's the, like the Art director of San because, he said, oh, the you um, know, I have an idea. Uh, can we please uh, take a coffee? And we took a coffee together. And, and he said, You know, I have this uh, uh, every six months, we have, um, like how you how say, um projects called self number one self number two self number three sometimes it's a, a performer sometimes it's a photographer and they they, they do exhibitions performances and he said oh and we did a, a movie with uh, brett easton ellis and and you like to make a short film for us using the closing of our brand and our icons that you know the models or actors or actresses that they work for, with for the, their commercials and I said yeah oh, of course uh, but uh, how long should it be and so oh, it's up to you and I say how much money can you give and I say oh it's up to the project and so it was quite open but and and then he said but if it's a short film where could it be shown and I say well we could be shown in Cannes but Cannes is in like Two months and I have. I said, Oh, and do you have any idea of something we could shoot now to, to show it in Canada? I said, yeah, of course, I have an idea. And then I came back three days later and uh, I sort of a good idea on the subway where I was going to to meet him. And, and uh, I said, Well, he said, like, um, I have this idea of Beatrice Dell because she was one of the icons of uh, of Laurent uh for many years and I'd say well it's beatrice result directing her first movie about witchcraft and the 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 the, the actress who plays the, the 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 witch who gets burned it's uh charlotte gansworth and everything goes wrong and the light starts uh, starts exploding and everybody hates everybody on the set you now there's some shootings that go Go really crazy! Uh, I've been in some not mine, but uh, I assisted to some horrible shootings of other other <laughs> directors. And uh, he said, "Oh, it's a good idea, but can we be ready for Cannes?" So of course you are gonna be ready for Cannes. So, but uh, but uh, are you gonna rewrite something? No, we're just like prepare the movie, shoot it, and then we we would show it in Cannes. So everything happened very joyfully, very quickly. And uh, the movie that was supposed to be ten or fifteen minutes long became a fifty-two minutes movie, and it was like shown had been like like if it was a feature film in Cannes, and it got a lot of attention. It was released in many countries as a feature film, although it's below sixty minutes. And uh, I'm extremely happy of the result. That it's also very experimental in uh, in some parts. Um, and it doesn't look at all like a commercial movie. It's, uh, it's a it's a, a weird film that, that I'm very proud of, but uh, um, it's quite hard to describe. People should see it. it. It can hurt your eyes at the end
3: because
2: yes, we <laughs> lights that that turn you crazy.
3: It, it would, That was definitely, and especially sitting um, very in a screening room very close to the screen where I was sticking up the whole wall in front of us, basically. I was <laughs> a little worried for my sanity at some point, but I think that's in many ways the point.
2: I, I was that... happy You were talking about the credits and uh for the credits of this movie i said well because they're talking about old times uh, we should use like roman typography for yeah. titles." but also the romans would never use family names you know we, 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 they, they were calling itself uh, nero caesar or or now um, with claudius but so i said well let's do a whole uh, film credit without using any family name. So it's a, like a movie by Gaspar, uh, produced by Anthony. And, uh, and I like it. I'd say, well, at least that was a kind of credit I had never seen and I dreamt of seeing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that, that's interesting that that was the impetus for that because watching it, it, it made it feel almost more familial. In a way that you were, you know, this was a film just made by a group of people and they're all so close that that's just, it just, just first names mm-hmm. for the credits, which considering how quickly or how horribly wrong the production of the film within the film goes, it's sort of like a, a relief to, like, no, 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 in real life, we're all okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although, being that this does concern a film that goes, horribly wrong and that this happened so quickly you shot it so fast what was the craziest thing that happened on set while filming
2: What was the craziest thing that happened on set while filming but the craziest thing that happened on set is that everything went fine at the end which oh wow so <laughs> was, this is very surprising that yeah with the, the yeah, directors do uh, do mistakes, uh, uh, assistant directors do do even more. Uh, uh, I'm always surprised when a movie at the end seems achieved, when you know how messy was the the context in which it was created. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And (laughs) for sure, also, I did not expect because initially, like, uh, when I got the proposal, uh, I thought I would deliver 10 15 minutes movie, and I never thought it would end up being released commercially in almost every country, and also that it would be in Canada at midnight and with like the the, the, the best treatment ever. And that I would be like going up the red carpet with all these models and actors. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's the it's crazy, so
3: life. It's it, the crazy it was, life, it's the
2: crazy it was, life. It was very, yeah, it was a very funny experience. And, and uh, no, even if the the movie is a uh, general audience movie, it's uh, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, very much so. You use in the film uh, a quote from
3: Carl uh, Theodore Dreyer about how film must be raised from an industry to an art form, and certainly here in America, film is kind of viewed as much more of an industry with Hollywood and its films that need to be. Pushed out to make money or make some sort of impact, but there is sort of this increasing number of
2: independent. You know what? I, I watched I watch lately. Yeah, I watched the last James Bond. The old- oh no, time to die! Yeah. Oh, what a nightmare! the the The, uh, the old the old uh, James Bonds look more arty. <laughs> All these kind of movies, like action movies, fantasy movies, spy movies now they're three hours long, they're talkative, talkative, and they're trying to be so serious that at the end, you, you get bored for three hours. I used to enjoy all those big productions in the 60s, mm-hmm. 70s. No, the, the, the all the Cinerama movies were great, but now the, the, the they talk, 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 talk. They, they never end, and you see the actors, <laughs> those, the actors the, 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 reading those bad lines. Yeah, well, it's because I think you see
3: or we're seeing here anyway a lot of more independent artistic minded filmmakers sort of making that leap to working on these big productions because they have a love for the characters or love for the plot and
2: anything for, for the for Do, the salary for the salary uh,
3: that as well i'm sure also helps
2: <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> you know. and, who cares about the, superman or james bond no one cares
3: some people some people do I think they have a nostalgic you know it reminds them of films that they liked when they were a child you know or things like that But do you think that it's possible to have a real marriage between the artistic side of film and the industry side of film?
2: Uh, sometimes sometimes there are great, um, great uh, fantasy movies, great science fiction movies, but there are not many. From time to time, there's one that really comes, uh, pops out. What's the most recent one that you can think of that Mixed that uh, for among, you among the the hollywood movies Oh, that's a hard question but uh <laughs> i liked what's the name um i enjoyed it very much but uh one with martians the don oh, what's the name um, because it's got a different uh in french it's called first contact but the the arrival oh uh uh the evil nerve no 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 i think it's the arrival by Bye-bye-bye, um, the director of Dune. Yes, new Villeneuve.
3: Villeneuve, yes. Arrival, yes.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, also, yes, that's a fantastic one.
3: Yeah.
2: I saw the trailer of the Kingsman. No, the the Northman.
3: Oh, the Northman, yes. <laughs> Robert Eggers.
2: I haven't seen the movie, but I, I like the trailer. I want to see
3: That movie, it starts way up here at a 10 and just keeps going all the way through. It's... It, oh, it's 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 incredible. You saw, it. you saw it. Yes.
2: Yeah. It it's it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It seemed to me like uh, uh, these two movies that I really enjoyed, three hundred and three hundred, uh, the birth yes. of an <laughs> <laughs> It it does have a it
3: does have quite a bit in common with those movies. I'll go. I think it goes more heavy on uh, mythology and the, the the culture of the. Icelandic Nordic countries the, in, a, in a
2: more interesting way, I think, than 300 did. And it, the other action movie that I really liked uh, was the the last Mel Gibson, the one that takes place in Japan. The second half of the movie was pure Barbary. Uh, oh, I haven't seen that. Oh wow, well, the, the, the like the when the when the American soldiers arrive to Japan and the the the, the battle starts, you have one hour of pure terror on screen mm. wow
3: Lux, to get back to Lexiterna. Eterna. <laughs> it starts with this long, it doesn't begin with but it includes a long conversation between Beatrice and Charlotte about the process of making movies and there is particularly Beatrice as she's the director of the film within the film about her sort of ideals of filmmaking and then as the movie goes on All those ideals kind of start to fall away somehow in the actual process of
2: making the movie and getting it done. Also, you can tell that she's a bad director. (laughs) do you mind playing in director analogy? But I never want to direct a movie. But imagine if you were forced for for money needs, whatever, to accept the movie as a director, and you are not a director, and everything goes wrong. And so she she could relate to that, but uh, it's true that when you see the images of the movie she's shooting, you say, oh, shit, <laughs> this is not me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm curious if, if you have ever found that
3: to be true for you of any of the films that you've worked on, that in the face of getting the thing actually made, that your the standards or ideals somehow have to fall away even a little bit.
2: Uh, yeah, but you, you have to protect yourself from putting, uh, of get, uh, getting into situations you cannot handle. Mm-hmm. You know, even if uh, I'm a bit paranoid, uh, that's why I never smoke joints because uh, it turns me more. <laughs> but the, uh, <laughs> as I know that uh, um, you have a right to, 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 not to be wrong on set once a week or something like that. I always add additional days for the shooting, empty days mm-hmm. to we shoot scenes that I could have screwed up with the, because of me or because of the actors or or because of some other technical problem. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah. You know, most people they do a, a shooting schedule in which every every scene has one particular day, and they don't. Uh, they, they consider that they will not be uh, able to, to reshoot a scene if needed. I always add some days for, for reshootings. It's smart, smart. Um, Allowing that space for things to go wrong, which it does not seem happened on the making of this film within the film. <laughs> yeah, but in the case of this one, I could have cut. The, the good thing is there was so much good material yeah. because we're full of good material and because mm. we shoot three cameras. That yeah, and even I told the, the I told the assist, the camera assistants, well, when we're having dinner, if you want to shoot some images, just shoot them and and then bring them. So there was a lot of footage that I discovered uh in the editing room that I wasn't even aware that it existed. oh wow huh.
3: and and you've you've been working with Benoit Debi, the cinematographer for since since irreversible, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so is, is that are you at that point now where you two have a sort of shorthand when you get on set in terms of what you're looking for and how things are going to work?
2: Uh, I like working with Benoit because we, we don't need to discuss. Uh, he's got a great taste for lighting. Mm-hmm. He also, had a, he has a great taste for uh, whatever is linked to to the visual department, the closing, the 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 you no know, the the decoration you no know, the, the the art design etc so he's a, the 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 person I asked the most about the art direction like uh, should should the girl wear this dress should should the boy have a jacket that's blue should, and so um, yeah he's like a, he's more than a simple uh, co operator camera operator or or a cinematographer he's like a real uh, artistic partner in, in, in every level of the movie, besides, he doesn't take care of the sound that the, <laughs> the sound, not <but> his department. <laughs> <laughs> My cinematographer is extremely inventive, but also, yes, he's, he's the nicest person on this planet. And you have to work with intelligent people who are nice because you know, if, if people bring their ego to the set, it always turns bad, like in the movie, mm. like the shooting is described in the movie. So, so yeah. So, yeah.
3: No, it's important, I think, to keep those things in check. And speaking of that, the, so this film premiered at Cannes in 2019. Since then, you've made another film, Vortex, which is also now doing the festival circuit. And it's been so long since you've made this film and since it premiered. And having to do press for it now and talk about it, do you, so much has happened since then in the world and, for you personally with the making of a whole other film, do you recognize the person you were when you made it? Is it hard to put yourself back in that mindset of making this film or
2: is it just so immediate? No, the, actually the, the, the last one, Vortex, was shown uh, uh, like nine months ago in Cannes, but mm-hmm. it's, been, it's everywhere at the same time right now. Uh, and it's funny because I, I never... Had so many uh, international releases synchronized uh, in such a sh- short period of time, like it's coming everywhere in the same two, three weeks, so, so I'm doing uh, <laughs> phone calls from, or from many countries, so I have to go to Spain, to switzerland, to to Italy, to Germany, to, so, so I'm running all, all day now. But yeah, it's better to release it now before the World War III will start now. <laughs> 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 i think we can all agree on that actually I one month ago i said it would really start now i don't know probably yes but no i i i think that the film is it's so it, it's great that a movie like this is even getting
3: this kind of release um, you know, standalone on its own, it's so rare that we get something that is less than an hour in in cinemas and something so so daring yeah. as 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 this is.
2: It's really a complete sensory experience. Yeah, and and I was told by many people, oh, why don't you make it longer? And said, no, it's it's good, it's perfect timing. And mm-hmm. also, I think that the the mm-hmm. fact that people are watching. Lots of things on on the internet, on on the platform, and some... You know, when you see a TV a TV show with episodes that are 52 minutes, you are used to the that length of 52 minutes, which is the length of my film. But also now nowadays people are used to see movies that are four or five hours long because it's like a movie cut in five chapters. But uh, uh, yeah, things are changing, and and also as I said, all the Hollywood productions that used to be 80, 90 minutes long now they are three hours long, and um, so probably because people are tired of long movies, there is space for a short movie. Well,
3: there you go, and I'm glad that we have this one coming out now. So thank you very much for for the film for for all the films, and thank you for speaking with us.
2: Merci.
3: Merci. <laughs>
0: Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Dan Baer's interview with the director for Lux Eterna, Gaspar Noé, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Lux Eterna is now currently playing in New York at the Metrograph, and will be opening in LA on May 13th with national rollout to follow. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time.